0: All right, here we are. We're back. Um, November seventh, the podcast that still doesn't have a name, but we've decided that we're going to wait until we either bowl eligible or beat a ranked team in basketball. So we'll see how that shakes out, and we'll keep on working on a name. Um,
1: to be determined.
0: All right, so let's get into it. Let's talk. Last night, IU played uh, Michigan, or not Michigan State. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> we started with Chicago State at Assembly Hall, the opening game for. Our 2018-2019 season, you were there in attendance? That's correct. Um, So, coming into the game, Chicago State was ranked, I believe, 249 out of 253 teams. That was largely based on last year. Um, They were well overmatched, but probably uh, played a lot better than the team last year for Chicago State. They seemed to have a little bit of discipline and a coach that seemed to be somewhat aware of what was going on. So... Um, probably not a, a super test for the Hoosiers, but um, a 104-55-point victory. What were your initial thoughts, Greg, uh, from just being there in the environment and seeing the team for the first time?
1: Well, it was great to just get the season kicked off officially. Um, so much anticipation this offseason with, obviously, the uh, commitment of Romeo Langford, in addition to several other very talented freshmen, And some very key returnees, and Jawan, Morgan, and Zach McRoberts, and uh, so really good anticipation. The crowd, it was a good crowd. Um, I was telling a buddy today that uh, the the old the old fogies and the alumni did their part. Uh, the uh, The uh, general seating was packed. The student seating, there's probably probably three or four thousand students missing, but uh, but it still was a good atmosphere. Uh, very, like I said, a lot of anticipation and just a lot of buzz. And, uh, you know, Romeo obviously was had, – had the biggest ovation in the starting – you know, as the starters were announced and for, for, for obvious reason. Uh, but so I think that great atmosphere. I can – you can just tell that these fans, they, they really um, – obviously uh, they, they're very familiar with Romeo's game. But, you know, you, you look at a player like – Rob Fennessy and, and, and Hoosier fans are just really learning to love that kid and embrace uh, the way he plays. And uh, we can maybe get into a little bit more of that later, but uh, as far as some of the individual players. and uh, yeah. but, but overall, just a, it was a great, great, great atmosphere for Chicago State, which is, you know, probably a glorified exhibition game, to be honest. I mean, they're they're a Division One team, but barely.
0: Yeah, so at halftime, I mean, we were up 53-32. Um, the game seemed to be well in hand after about – 12-15 minutes. I think up to then Chicago State um, they used a zone. It seemed like it took a little while for the Hoosiers to get used to uh, kind of where their spots would be but um, and also just being able to knock down some shots that they started knocking down pretty consistently thereafter. So the game was well in hand but uh, just from a discipline standpoint it seemed like the team worked through um, the things they needed to work through. It seemed like Archie Miller got a chance to a lot of different lineups on the floor to get looks, including you know a double point guard um, lineup, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go through a couple of the players and, and just get some thoughts that we both had from that. So um, instead of starting with Romeo like uh, the broadcast, I think I was sharing with you the the uh, Big Ten broadcast spent the first 15 minutes talking about Romeo and rolling out all the graphics we're going to see for the rest of the year on Romeo, which is cool um, and later on we'll get into what the romeo effect is at right. iu which is can be nothing but positive frankly but um it's a lot of pressure on a kid early on and maybe doesn't give some attention to some other players that are pretty special i think on this team are or, or going to be so let's start with uh Jawan morgan um just my point of view and then see what you thought but i seem like he had a decent game he's four and nine um, from the field he kind of did his normal workmanlike effort um kind of getting down low and working to get rebounds. He ended up with eight rebounds, um, three assists, no uh, two turnovers, and nine points, which for him is not um, spectacular, but he didn't need to score. And um, he, I think was only in for 22 minutes, it says in the box score here. So, you know, got some service out of him, but I know he's going to be big in some other games. What did you think?
1: Yeah, I think with a guy like Jawan, and, and, of course, Romeo, I think this applies to you as well. I mean, th- those are the kind of players that they kind of know – they know their place, they know when they need to really assert themselves and when they really don't. And I think with Jawan, he's, he's doing such a great job of getting uh, the other players around him involved and, and really trying to set them up and, and not try to do too much. And um, I again, I think uh, there's nothing that concerns me about his game. I mean, some, some people that like to, you know, criticize, criticize most, most everything will say, well, he's, you know, he just didn't look like he was really wanting to be there. And I just think – and, again, this applies to a lot of the players. I mean, 17 kids on the roster, 14 of them played. Um, three of them were hurt, so they couldn't play last night. But there's just so many different lineups and so many different combinations that Archie's throwing in there to try to, you know, find find where these guys fit. And yeah. so I think with Juwan, he's just trying to be as accommodating as he can. And and, and back to the, you know, you you'd mentioned a, t- a time where we kind of took the game in control. It was It was really – uh, about a th- two-thirds of the way through the first half. I think it was after the under-eight timeout. I think it's almost like uh, – or maybe the under-12 timeout in the first half. It's almost like Miller maybe told Romeo, okay, I, I need you to kind of just go ahead and assert yourself here because he scored the next 11 points. And yeah. and, and he just – at that from that point on, it, not that the game was ever going to be in question, but it just – you could just kind of tell. He had a different mindset about him, and uh, mm-hmm. he was just going to make it happen. So, And I think Jawan, you know, when he needs to do that, he'll be able to do that.
0: The switch was flipped for sure. I, right? I mean, eleven points in a row for a freshman in his first game in college, and it wasn't like he was pressing. He just he was getting openings right. and finding his spots, and you know his assists uh, were impressive during the night too, which we can talk about a little bit. But
1: and, and while we're on those two, I mean, th- th- I'm very impressed with how well they work together. They seem to have a really good chemistry on and off the court, uh, on the on the bench, uh, on the sidelines, in the huddle. You can tell they just have a good rapport. They mm. they they. They really connect well. They, 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 uh, they really look for each other. They just uh, – and that, that's that's cool to see because, obviously, it's your two best players. It's your senior leader and then your your five-star freshman, and, and nobody's going to outwork those guys. And, and when they're on the same page and they have that kind of chemistry, I think it's just going to carry this team um, in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah. Um, so the other starters were Smith, uh, Romeo, of course, uh, Rob Fennessy, and Zach McRoberts. What did you see in some of the other ones? That you Zach was
1: Zach had a pretty quiet night. I thought. I think he maybe had a couple threes. Uh, mm-hmm. And it just he played within himself and didn't force didn't force anything. But you know, defensively he he had some some good some good uh, action there. And then of course rebounding. And uh, but I think uh, Finney is just, gosh, I, I think he just really is taking the. Uh, who's your nation by storm because he's he's really um been impressive he's really been impressive he's such a student of the game and it was documented that during the season last year when he was coming down from McCutcheon high school to to visit IU he would he was watching tape of, of the team and and studying coach Miller's offense and the pack line defense and he was in the locker room with the team he was behind the bench taking notes and a real student of the game very cerebral uh very steady very dependable um I mean, I, I, it's no wonder Archie loves this kid, and and IU fans are starting to really understand how yeah. how, how good he can be.
0: Yeah, I, I love watching him. I I start to feel when I watch a se- or start to watch a season when there's a new player. If they're a player that is going to be on my radar or radar all year, and somebody I know I'm going to like, I I just love watching him play. And I will say that we ought to pump the brakes a little bit. I saw someone say that very thing on Twitter that you know after the first game of uh, curtis jones uh, career we were thinking he was the next what someone said the next jay edwards and you know reality set in um but this guy's different um so one of the things i've seen both in the exhibition game in this game was he talks to the other players he's pointing around the court he's gesturing and and in, in, a, in a good way in a, a real good communicative way you know and uh, there's something special about a point guard who's a freshman who's willing to come in and talk like that um, and really make sure everybody's on the same page. That's cool. I also think, just like you had mentioned, um, Morgan and Romeo seem to have a nice connection. I think Romeo and Finnessy uh, uh, seem to really connect well and know where each other uh, is on the court at, uh, at all times, which – is going to make a massive difference. So we got about 30 more seconds to uh, wrap up on, I guess, the basketball game. But let's, uh, anybody else that jumped out at you, I, I'll just say from my point of view, I thought Fitzner is just a, a great ad for us. Very um, reliable, very like even keel on the court, seems to have a nice move around the, the basket and good footwork. That shot from outside is going to be a, a big help. Um, I'm just excited to see some, you know, different lineups as we go through the next couple of games, and then we get into some more serious games where we're probably going to see what our real lineup is. Um, your last comments on just the start, and then maybe we'll talk about the one worry that we each have.
1: Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, I think Fitzner has been. He, he's he's gonna he's gonna fit in real nicely because he just he he brings a lot of things that you. Obviously, he's got a great outside shot, but he can he can play inside as well, and he's, he'll be a matchup problem for a lot of opponents. Um, Justin Smith, I think he's going to be the beneficiary of of defenses drawing attention or being a, um, focused on Romeo and Juwan. I mean, and Justin's going to be I think he's going to have a chance to, to be really productive for us this year, and and um, and so I think those are the ones that, that kind of stood out up to this point. Duran, he's you know he's. Still got a ways to go, and he's just—he is not going to fit in real well against certain teams. He's just a different style player. Did he look heavy? He did. Yeah, he looked uh, just a little bit.
0: Yeah, not in game shape. It didn't yeah, seem
1: like... not real fluid, not real smooth. Little
0: I thought his his uh, you know his elevation on stuff was limited too, and um, it just. I think he's going to take some time. I don't blame him, but it's like, I'm a little surprised that the shape he came in. It was, didn't look like him from last year. Some people put on Romeo put on 13 pounds of muscle and uh, I'm, I'm thinking he put on 13 pounds of something else.
1: Yeah. He's, he's not, he's not real graceful. Uh, And, and what really uh, makes that obvious is when he's on the floor with a guy like Romeo, who's just so smooth and, and just, glides out there and makes it look easy and then you see some of these other players try to do what he does and it just doesn't look the same
0: yeah so one worry um go ahead yours first
1: yeah really um again we we some of the things that were have been brought up as concerns the free throw shooting and the 13 turnovers and that stuff that that'll um i'm not i'm not worried about that really the the uh, Worry, kind of twofold. I mean, the the number of players, and of course, you know, Coach Miller will figure this out. I mean, he's he gets paid the big bucks. He's a smart man, so he's got seventeen kids on the roster. He played fourteen last night, and probably would have played seventeen if the other three weren't hurt. So, um, just you know, really kind of shoring that roster up a little bit and and um, tightening it up just so there's a little bit more rotation. But the the benefit of that is that it's deep, and in practice, he's he's got guys that can can really uh, really go at each other and really challenge each other. And, and, um, but that leads me to the next, uh, concern. And, and, and that's really Devonte Devante Green, D D Green. Um, he's, he's a, um, he just, he just, he's still he, uh, up to this point. Anyway, he, he looks like Devonte of old, you know, he just same kind of habits, uh, um, for every spectacular thing he does, you, you, it's hard to really celebrate it because you know there's one or two really bad things coming. You know it's kind of like a like like we talked about Troy Williams, good Troy, bad Troy. Because Devontae just you know had four turnovers last night. He he tried to do way too much. It's almost like he's either trying too hard because he knows his his position's being threatened by uh, Um and he he looks like the only player out there on the floor that has his own agenda. It looks like everybody, uh, all the other players are are, are pretty um uh you know pretty pretty uh wired together uh they're they're on the same page he just seems like he has his own agenda even when he comes over to the huddles he's he's kind of separate from the team there's always an assistant coach going out to kind of kind of walk him into the huddle and talk to him and kind of in his ear and i don't know it's, it's like he's on his own on his own um uh, uh on on his own page, I guess you could say. Yeah. So Yeah,
0: I'm in the same boat. I um uh, I like him and I mean if you look at his stat line, it's so intriguing. You know, he he had twenty six minutes, he logged more minutes than anybody else on the team, uh except Langford. They had he who was also in for twenty six minutes. He's five of twelve shooting, but one of six that means he's firing up a uh, in, from three. So he's firing up a three every about four and a half minutes. Um and he's one of six. So he's not our best three point shooter and yet he's he's you know, throwing up more than almost anybody on the roster except for, uh, no, he did. He took more threes than anybody on the roster. Um, I think, uh, you know, same concern that you had as far as, um, just not looking like he fit. And as I kept thinking during the game, who does he look like or remind me of? And all of a sudden I, I, I couldn't think of a player, but it led me to think he looks like he'd be on a Samson team.
1: Right. Absolutely,
0: like he would have fit right in with that yeah. Samson team. The kind of a guy that a little bit, a little has a little edge to him, um, has a little bit of uh, both, you know, really controlled and and amazing athletic ability, but also a little bit of almost like kind of street ball flash. Yeah. Um, sometimes we love that when it when it lands, but so many other times it's it's off the mark. It's not you know he's not kind of in in rhythm with everybody else on the floor and it's it's a weird thing i mean for archie if he can get that kid to play within the system and work um one kid might go to the next level i mean in some ways he's got a lot of talent that you just you can see it and it's probably another year or two away from really manifesting itself fully but um I don't know if he makes it that far. I, I think Phenasy is going to be the starter. Yeah. And that he'll come in and he'll add some things and he'll spell him. But I think his minutes are going to go down, not up.
1: I think, yeah, and I think that um, th- what was interesting is how how frequently they, they had Finney and, and Green in there together. You know, Finney at point and, and Green at the two guard, which I think if Green doesn't have the ball, if if he if it, if it doesn't have the pressure bring the ball before the and running the offense, I think he can be more productive. Um, but it, I'm, I'm finding myself when he's doing something um, uh, that's just kind of uh, frustrating. Or yeah, as a fan, when you watch him, when, when he's doing some of the things that he that he does, yeah. Um, just like at the end of the first half, when he tried to he he, he tried to you know put on a dribbling show out front and, and lost the ball. and then lost the ball, and it was yeah. just that was typical Devontae. And so, yeah. But I could I, I know that Coach Miller likes him because he he does have an edge to him. He's got a little swagger to him uh i know miller likes that and he, and he's a point guard himself from from north carolina state um, uh, so he he i think he really like you said i think he really wants to if he can get this kid to play within the system i just i just hope from a team chemistry standpoint he's not a, a toxic um player that that that, that really disrupts the chemistry yeah and i don't know i can't uh, I mean, just, we, it's we hard would to never say know
0: that and uh, i mean probably not Or miller probably wouldn't play him as much uh I me mean, i guess we do have to give him credit he went to the line and knocked four out of four down he's great um, free
1: throw shoot he really is yeah. and, and and he and, and last year again he he we didn't the, the thing that that's why i'm not really too worried about it because the thing about last year is we we really didn't have any anybody else to go in there uh if, if he if he screwed up well this year you know, between Fennessey and, and Durham, and and just quite frankly, you know, Romeo because he could play multiple positions. So, I think, um, I think that'll, I think that'll that'll get a little bit better. But that's just again really tightening the rotation. And and I, I look at some of these players like Clifton Moore and uh, Jake Forrester, and it's hard to see where they fit. You know?
0: Yeah, I think Moore uh, almost looks like a kid that is thinking about where he fits. Every time he comes out on the floor, I think he. He seems like he wants to do well. He seems like he wants to connect with the rest of the team. He's hustling, but he also looks like a guy that doesn't know exactly where he fits in. Um, But, you know, again, I'd rather have him on my team than somebody else's. I mean, I I think he's got some upside, um, but the players behind him are going to put a lot of pressure on him. Um, So, you know, whether he develops into a player that gets a lot of minutes or not is going to be interesting to see. I'm... I highly, I question it. I guess
1: I do. I do love the depth, though. You know, we talk about the big, ro- the deep roster because when you when they go to the bench, I mean, the guy, there's there's not a, I mean, there's a drop off, obviously, if you you go from Romeo to, to somebody on the on the bench, but there's 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 talent. I mean, there's uh, players that can give you different things, certain things, and sure. and you just depend on the opponent. You never know uh, uh, what what that uh, you know, like you said, what's gonna what's going to fit or what's going to be most effective.
0: So nine minutes ago, I said we have 30 seconds left for the basketball section. Oh, yeah. There we go. Here we are. That's how you run on a that's podcast. Who, that's what
1: you call. Hoosier your hysteria. All right.
0: So next we'll turn to uh football and let's just take a break here for just a second. Okay. We're back. Yep. That worked.
1: All right. And we're back. This is,
0: <laughs> this is the new podcast effort. I'm, I'm, Literally playing around with the equipment for the first time on some of these things. That was really so, a
1: secret commercial yeah. break. Yeah, we, we got, might drop we, a commercial in there. we got Probably sponsors Chrysler. knocking at the door. And, oh, yeah.
0: Is Chrysler even around anymore?
1: No, uh, Lehman Brothers, I think. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll
0: go that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk about football. So the uh, just the notes I made today to talk, um, I wanted to ask you, are you football dumpster fire or overreaction?
1: Well, that's a great question because uh, I would sum up the last four weeks as agony on the gridiron uh, would be my headline for that. They were four and one. We sat here three weeks ago, and now we're four and five. In fact, I think I said that I wouldn't be concerned unless we lost like four in a row, and that's precisely what we've done. Now, obviously, one of those was to a good Iowa team. Uh, the uh, absolute disappointment, though, was the, the Minnesota game. And that, You know, at Minnesota, uh, that's when you felt like you had to win, and we just um, – Made an incredible effort to come back, and had a position, a chance to win it, but then it just uh, got our hopes up and reverted to the old, uh, the old, the old ways. There, the conservative play calling. So, uh, that's that's hard because I, I want to say overreaction. I, I don't want to say dumpster fire because I do think that. Yeah, I, I think. We're the second youngest team in the country. I think we've got like fifty five freshmen on the squad, or something like that mm-hmm. uh, minnesota's got fifty eight i mean that, that's an incredible high yeah. number uh, so and, and and we've got some talented freshmen, and we've got some good recruits allegedly coming in i yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure they 've all signed yet, but one jump this week. Linebacker from Florida. Yeah, I didn't even hear that. Yeah. yeah. That's why you're breaking news. Yeah, uh, I just broke that. Uh,
0: you know, so let me – I guess uh, – so, you know, if we had would have looked at the schedule preseason and predicted where we would be today, I think most of us would have thought five and four. Uh, maybe six and three with a really – what I'd call an upset. Iowa or Michigan State maybe. Um, both those – proved much tougher than we expected i think michigan state came in angry and and ready for a win and um, they were going to get it iowa that was a disappointment i think from our side kind of all around and instead of being five and four because of the minnesota game we're four and five so the only thing i see is that all the things you mentioned we have i think some talented kids we have a young team I think we show some good effort on defense and and a lot of improvement from prior years. Um, And, you know, at the risk of sounding like everybody else in the Hoosier Nation, the offensive coordinator is just not what he needs to be. Mm -hmm. In fact, the only reason we came back is because we dug such a hole he had to get out of his conservative methodology of – you know, laying out the uh, the plays and had to throw downfield, and lo and behold, we hit some and got some touchdowns. And as soon as we tied the game, he went run, 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 punt. Yeah. And I mean, we're three and a half minutes to the to go. We have the ball. We have basically all the momentum. All we had to do is take the ball down the field like we had in all those other drives because we were turning it loose. And it was just the most miserable repeat of a nightmare. That has been Hoosier football over the years. Mm-hmm. It might have been one of the most disappointing games I've had to suffer through, and that's saying a lot for IU football.
1: That is that's that's a mouthful. I mean, it's a it was infuriating. I, I know you and I were texting during that game, and it just and, and and it was so disappointing, so frustrating, so infuriating. Partly because we had higher expectations, and we felt like okay, we we need to win this game. You know, you go into Iowa and you are like, okay, if we win, wow, what a what a tremendous bonus. If we lose, okay. Not, but you know, at Minnesota, not a good team, not a good team at all. And and to your point, I mean, you have the ball. We only had we only needed about thirty yards to get in the field goal range, and then we basically steal it. Um, and and not only do we get conservative, they go uh, they go crazy crazy on the play calling and, and burn us on a long pass play, and it that just uh, uh, really rubs salt in the wound there. But so to your point, though, grand scheme of things, um, in some ways, when you look at um you know Iowa was a a very listless effort i mean that was just that was disappointing um penn state you, you had a, a a tremendous chance to win that game and and so when you're when you go toe to toe with penn state you you lead late in the game and and you you kind of let it slip away it 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 does tell you we've we have come we have come some ways hmm. we have come uh, well we've come along a little bit just because before, it was if we could stay within four touchdowns of Penn State, that was a victory. Now it's like, gosh, we we could have possibly beat them, right? I mean,
0: Yeah, some of the writers, though, that have commented on this, the pattern of IU football, kind of making light of it, by the way, uh, will comment on how many times and how many seasons we've had one of those games where, you know, we're down to the last quarter with Ohio State or we're pressing Michigan or we um, – you know, we go to Penn State and have a chance one year. It, it seems like we have those, and it's like it's like the old adage about a golf game. You know, you hit one good shot, and you're like, "Well, I guess I'll come back next time." Even the show, even though you end up, you know, shooting a 108 on the on the 18, and I, I feel like that's IU football. I, um, you know, I think Tom Allen. I think I texted this, or maybe I tweeted it, but Tom Allen, I think, has to make a change. At the offensive coordinator spot, and if he does, I think he's telling the fan base and he's telling Fred Glass that he does want to win here and he is going to make the effort. Um, if he doesn't make that change, I think he's telling us he's not the leader that we need in that position. Um, I, you know, yeah, I, I think not, I'm not <laughs> being frivolous with somebody's job, but I just don't think that the offense, even in the games we've won have has led me to believe that this is the guy who should be calling plays and by the way IU needs to play looser I mean a team that's playing from the back and that's us I mean we're we're typically going to be out um out per, they're going to the personnel on the other side of the of the ball is going to be the better personnel for for a time to come right in our division we have to play a lot t- looser we can't be a conservative you know just uh, was it the th- three yards and a cloud of smoke, or cloud of dust? <laughs> cloud yeah, of dust. Yeah. I mean, you know yeah. that that is not us. We can't do that. Mike, I think Kevin Wilson had the recipe at least for offense. I think Allen's brought the recipe for defense. But we gotta we gotta torque up the offense, or we're we're gonna be a mess.
1: Yeah, and I think you know two plays that I can think of that typify that are, are the first first really good drive, first uh, first drive of the game against Iowa. We march right down the field, and then uh, it's fourth and less than a yard we decided to from the 11 yard line we decided to kick field goal. And then same with Minnesota we marched down the field first drive of the game and 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 we kind of settled for a field goal and it's like we are IU we don't it's not like we have a ton to lose we need you know like loosen loosen the reins a little bit. And I think like, to your point that's where Kevin Wilson was was fairly brilliant in that regard but the other thing is I mean IU can win in football. Uh they they really just need to, to get serious. I mean Allen's the last or he's the um we just we decided not to put a lot of money toward the football hire. He's a, he's the lowest paid coach in the Big Ten. He's sixty fifth in the country. Mark Stoops is twenty third, by the way. Jeff Brom's twenty sixth. Those are programs that have, and not not just their head coaches are are paid more, but their assistants. And so, the only concern I have, and I do agree with my, the board being you know uh, let go, but um, uh, you know that, uh, is it Hart the uh, the running back running back coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he was. I'm, I'm kind of. I, I think he partially is there because the board. He's. You know, he coached for him or played for him or something like that. Okay. Uh, so there's that connection. But you know, you, you got you got to pay your staff. You got to take care of your. I, I don't. Just, I, I just think we're. I don't know that we're investing the type of money that needs to be invested.
0: But why, why do you think that is? I mean, it seems to me that Fred Glass can probably make more of his legacy at IU by making IU football a winner than he can by even maybe getting another banner hung in assembly hall um iu basketball will kind of take care of itself i think in a lot of ways um i i realize we've had some down years i realize we haven't won a national championship since 87 but um basketball will take care of itself football is something that has never been good i mean even when we look back at the mallory years we were going to the peach bowl we weren't going to the orange bowl we weren't going to the rose bowl um I think that he can really make a statement for the ages if he was figure out how to get IU football to a really impressive kind of level. And, you know, people say it can't be done, but Kentucky's in the top 10 right now. Right. Kentucky. Kentucky, yeah. I mean, their football program has been hideous, much like ours. But what I'll say is their fans go to those games. They've put money into that program. I think they hired a good coach, and they gave him some time, which I think we should give Tom Allen some time. But I do think Tom Allen has to signal to everybody that he's taking it seriously and knows that something has to happen to make us a winner. And it, it it's not going to happen with the current – staff by the way i'm not sure that special teams coach needs to stay either i think our special teams has been pretty abysmal
1: yeah well and i think it even you know goes to a higher level than glass because i know uh, president mcrobby i mean he's i'm not sure how much emphasis he puts on athletics i mean i think uh, it was a, a number of, he, he took some big 10 shared sports revenue uh like 26 million and used it for other things other than athletics uh just and again Thank goodness for Big Ten network revenue, mm-hmm. because the facilities have have been um, greatly improved because of that. But it's almost like they're saying, "Well, yeah, we'll we'll let the Big Ten network revenue handle, handle facilities part. We'll we'll kind of go skimpy on the salaries and the and, and and not show as much commitment to that." And I think a lot of that starts with McRobbie. I just don't know. I, I don't know. You know, every president's different in terms of their emphasis on athletics. But sure. I kind of question that a little bit.
0: I can't imagine though that he goes around the state and around the nation meeting alumni and doesn't realize the connection that creates for the university. I'm sure he does. He's a smart man. Sure, I've met him. Sure. Uh, but I will say that Mitch Daniels is going to have a challenge coming up because Jeff Brom's probably going to be, uh, you know, try. Uh, people are going to try to uh, lure him away from Purdue and, Out of a lot of respect for Mitch, I want to say that along with the athletic director, I think they'll figure out how to try to keep him there and make it worth his while. He's already paid significantly more than Tom Allen, um, and there's a reason. I mean, he did come from a winner, by the way. I mean, he was winning at Western Kentucky, so he probably should be higher paid. But I do think it sends a signal. I also heard that Kevin Wilson makes more money now. At Ohio State then he made it at IU as their head coach and yeah. he's now their coordinator Yeah, um, I wouldn't doubt so it that tells you something but um okay so we got Maryland coming up on Saturday
1: yeah so I think again I'm always glass half full when it comes to IU football uh I, you know well, not always but in this case it's again an incredibly winnable game um you know Maryland has has had a, a, a they've had a rough a rough season a lot of turmoil a lot of change I think they just fired their head coach and so that you know, sometimes that'll be just what the team needs to kind of right the ship and have that focus that they need to finish strong. But the thing is, they've got five wins, yeah. So, and after yeah. us, they've got two likely unwinnable games, yeah. and so they're they're going to come in very focused. And, and 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 as much as we have to, as and as much as we're playing for our bowl lives, they're thinking if we if we beat Indiana, we clinch. And yeah, then, that's
0: their bowl eligibility yeah. game, basically. And and if we
1: don't win. Mathematically, it's still possible, but the reality is, it's not possible. Yeah, you know, at Michigan and then Purdue at home. So, and again, even if you beat Maryland, it doesn't mean we're going to be bowl eligible because, you know, again, Michigan and Purdue. But it'll be interesting to see what kind of resolve, what kind of fight, and what kind of determination we play with. Uh, That'll tell me that one, Allen has or hasn't lost the players, Mm -hmm. and two, you know, you know, how bad do we want it?
0: So the normal script would be that IU comes out. They're off a of bye week. Um, they come out. They play well. They get the fans' hopes up. They win. Um, we go to Michigan. We get beat by Michigan, as we're supposed to. And then it's the Purdue game. And uh, IU fans will be like, well, Michigan, you know, we were supposed to lose that game. And then we'll get, we'll get beat by Purdue. We'll be not bowl eligible. And we'll turn our attention to
1: basketball. Yeah, that's that's the script.
0: Yeah, so let's see what happens. I guess uh, next time we talk, we'll know a little bit more. Um, so we'll leave football there, and we'll take a break, and then we'll be right back and talk about um, the Romeo effect. Okay, we're back. Um, we're going to talk about, even though I said earlier that uh, I was a little frustrated with the announcer spending so much time talking about Romeo, um, he's, he is worthy of some discussion. Um, especially being from uh, right here, close to our hometowns, so the Romeo effect. What do you? I uh, mean, so we're one exhibition game, one game in, and you know the the uh, this, the season of the working out. He's been there uh, almost a full semester. Uh, what do you think?
1: Well, I think one uh, f- one thing I'll say is because uh, I was thinking about this last night, how surreal it was to. To see him up there uh, in Assembly Hall in the in the candy stripes and uh, not the home white jerseys. By the way, I think that might be the first time first time I've ever witnessed IU playing Assembly Hall with the road, the road red jerseys. But uh, I think you t- texted me that it's possible that Chicago State could not afford road jersey, but they they are a very financially. You hear why, right? I haven't heard.
0: Yeah, we, their uh, jerseys had been ordered. Their road jerseys had been ordered okay. and hadn't been received. Gotcha. I'm well, not sure if they're in Nike school. Or, they're financially strapped. Let's put it that they're way. A Puma school? Eh?
1: Perhaps. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, yeah, uh, that's that's a great point. <laughs> I have no idea. That's I, a great I didn't point. pay
0: attention. But whoever their uh, sponsor is or their uniforms. Has had to feel a little bad that you know yeah. they're getting all that on the Big Ten Network. They didn't get their uniforms to them in time.
1: But I wasn't mad about it. I like the red. I, I like the red look in Assembly Hall, and and I'm digging the new uniforms. By the way, the it's got they've got the wider the wider stripes on the shorts and the the, the 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 no trim on the on the on the tops. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that?
0: Yeah, you know, I I think because they all kind of look alike to me, frankly. I, some people were losing their mind on Twitter about the new uniforms and not respecting the past. And I'm like, wow, these people are even more obsessive than yeah. I am. I, you know, I thought they look great. Um, they look nice. Uh, you know, as long as they don't have like the animal pattern underneath and all that stuff that right. some of these teams get, I just, it's, no, it's,
1: look it's nice. it looks good. But back to Romeo. So, you know, there's a, there's a kid that we, we saw basically grow up in our own backyard. Um, here in new albany or near near us in new albany um and and just you know basically watch him develop and and we attended many of his games in person and and uh he was a hometown boy and then now he's doing his thing at assembly hall it's really it's really cool so i think you uh that i just wanted to mention that because it's just uh, it's really neat to see that he's uh doing his uh doing his thing it's just at a higher level um in the in the hallowed confines of of assembly hall so i and i'm the only new albany player to ever play for iu I th- is that is that correct hmm. or am i may have to do some research on that
0: i'm gonna bet that at some point in some era there was a new albany player but i i, I sure couldn't pull a name i mean i know there's been several new albany players you jeffersonville's know, had a few
1: play for evansville and Floyd
0: central had one pat graham
1: correct uh, well, let's put it this yeah. way: the most the most decorated New Albany player to play Friday. Sure. Let's, let's put it that way, but maybe back in the 1940s there was a, a a token player, maybe. But anyway, so the effect, obviously, the effect on the court from a points and production standpoint, it will speak for itself. I think uh, the, the the fact that he's such a good teammate, a good person, he's one of the hardest workers on the team. He's teachable, he's coachable. Uh, the players like him. That's going to have obvious impact. I think the recruit from recruiting standpoint, uh, we've got a couple five five star in state kids on the radar right now: Keon Brooks and Trace Jackson Davis. Who uh, very, very, very unlikely they would play with Romeo next year. Um, But when recruits come on campus. Uh, Coach Miller is, is pairing them up with Romeo as much as possible, and he can sell the IU brand. He can sell why he made the decision to go there um, when he had every school in the country knocking on his door, and that's going to resonate. Uh, you know, well, gosh, if, if IU is good enough for Romeo, maybe it's good enough for me. And and obviously just to, uh, from a national standpoint, it's almost like some of these uh, basketball analysts are starting to um, realize how special this kid is. I mean, in the off season and up, up to now – romeo's obviously been highly ranked but it's typically been the rj barrett's and the zion williamsons of the world that have gotten most of the publicity but it's almost like now that some of these national sports writers are, are, are seeing romeo and meeting him and and seeing uh what kind of a player he is it's it's really kind of putting us on the radar from a national perspective and i think it's just uh the respect level and the credibility level increases because of that
0: yeah from uh I think from a media standpoint, there's going to be a lot more attention paid uh, to the team, just generally, and to him specifically. Uh, it seems to me that, um, to your point, it will bring a lot more attention. Uh, I think there'll be more fans at games, um, and and you know we're typically show we show that we're a, we sell out, but I think in reality, you know a lot of times there's some empty seats. Um, even though they've been sold. I don't think that's going to happen much anymore with him because he's an exciting player, and I think that's going to add to I also think fantasy is going to be a draw, um, interestingly, and I think that's going to happen pretty quickly. Um, I think he is an absolute – I mean, I know he came in as a four-star, you know, a great high school player. Um, I think they played right in the state championship. I think we'll hear that a bunch. Um, But – Um, I think he's going to be a draw also kind of like, um, uh, you know, we haven't seen in a long time. And, uh, so that's going to be neat in some ways, although they're so different and uh, the parallels aren't maybe there, but the kind of the Lyndon Jones and Jay Edwards era where there was two guys that came in together, um, that kind of excited the fan base, um, I can kind of see these guys being like that. I think the rest of the freshmen are great, but I think these two are going to be really the folks. I mean, clearly they, they've started both games, exhibition and the first, the opening game, and I don't see anybody taking them out of the lineup anytime soon, right? No,
1: and I think just that there, there's just you cannot place a value on in-state recruits when they're that when they're that good and they stay in state and go to IU. It's just it, it's it's incredibly valuable for us and i think you know obviously romeo to get him to stay in state and go to iu and fantasy and um good kids smart players uh and, and it's going to continue the lore of of the iu tradition of uh, gosh homegrown kids that and, and it's funny how they they still say that every barn in indiana has a has a rim on it and you know these kids were out shooting in the driveway in eight feet of snow and it's like it's Obviously, we know it's not like that anymore. I think there is eighty percent less barns than there were fifty years ago, and <laughs> no, none of them have rims on them anymore. But and nobody plays outdoors anymore. Um, it's all structured and organized. But it's it makes for a good story, and and the, the media love they love a good story. So, but yeah, the the, the value of getting the in state, the high quality in state recruits to stick, and and uh, just it just resonates, and that's part of the reason why Romeo made the decision because he knows that even even one year at IU, he's going to be relevant for life.
0: So when they uh, run up against teams like Duke with uh Barrett and, and Williamson um some other teams down the road that have some uh highly ranked freshmen uh I think there'll also be a lot of attention uh paid when that happens too. Mm-hmm. Plus those guys know each other. I yeah, think absolutely. you know and but I think the upside is recruits will um current recruits will see that and I think that will um be helpful as well that there's there are guys that have made decisions to go to IU that that are of that class. Um, again, if they're in state, I think that makes IU fans happy. But, frankly, if they're from outside of the, the state of Indiana, but they're good players, um, you know, I think they're definitely welcome.
1: Well, uh, I think – I mean, IU, even though they've got a lone five-star versus, you know, some of the other teams well, that have three, four, five, five stars. But it just – there's that – instant credibility it, 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 sure. it you know people see that and and quite frankly and we've got you know again a four-year senior in juan moore so that we've got the pieces to really this, this could be a really really special uh season as as it unfolds um to where you know if we're end up being a top 10 top 15 team whether we have one five star or four it's still going to be a a heck of a story a heck of a season um and i i want to comment on this you mentioned you asked me about the atmosphere and and i it's it never ceases to amaze me how when you know obviously assembly hall is is naturally a a, a electrifying place to be i mean like i said i mean the students that were there um probably 60 percent of them were there but they were they were wired. I mean, they were in it. Um, but I'm telling you, the, the way Romeo plays, it's already starting to, I feel, rub off on the other players a little bit. Um, you know, when Victor was there, you don't remember how crazy the crowd would get when he would do something uh, mm-hmm. spectacular? Well, part of that was because of the, how he reacted. You know, he would wave his arms or pump his chest or or, or or wave to the crowd, and it just stoked the crowd. There is a distinct difference when romeo makes an incredible play and he's expressionless as he walks back to the free throw line or walks the other end of the court it's almost like the fans want to get even more excited and they want to they want to get crazy but they see how he and i'm telling you there's something about that and and you almost in some ways you're like gosh i, I kind of wish he'd show more emotion because mm-hmm. joan morgan's pretty he's a pretty stoic player yeah none of those infinities is going to be the same way and, and and even if they were on the fringe of being a little bit more dynamic a little bit more fiery and excitable when they see a player like romeo it kind of it kind of tones them down a little bit there, there's yeah some, i it,
0: think there's it, might be something to that you know i mean the one uh comparison we can make though is at new omni high school had romeo for four years and romeo was exactly like that in high school yeah. um and i think he, he was never demonstrative. He is really a controlled player. He keeps his emotions in check. He doesn't get too high. I've, I, I saw him get a low a couple times where uh, it seemed like he was having some trouble getting on track scoring. And, uh, you know, he got bumped a lot uh, in high school games, probably more than he will in some, some uh, at least preseason games, if not conference games. Um, They, you know, he was keyed on heavily. And every once in a while, he would push back a little harder because you could tell he had a little bit of emotion. But um, by and large, he is pretty stoic. But the New Omni fans were wired. And I think that they just have to get used to the fact that he's not going to be the cheerleader on the court. I love Victor uh, and how he handled himself on the court and how he – conveyed energy to other players, but I think Romeo does it in a different way. Mm -hmm. Um, But it'll be interesting to see. Um, Just to play off of the Romeo effect, the second most important player for IU basketball right now, in my estimation, is Victor Oladipo. I think that the splash he's making in the NBA, the fact that he's in Indianapolis, the fact that he's been a massive supporter of IU and still – Makes a lot of efforts to do that. I think is going to pay some dividends also with um, recruits and with uh, the prestige of the program in some ways. It's 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 an oddity in some ways, obviously that he's gone. And um, but I really feel that there's still some some juice that comes from him having been associated with the program, given the great season he's having.
1: Yeah, the fact that he landed in, in uh, as a pacer is you're you're right. That's going to continue to pay dividends for iu basketball i mean just like and, and archie miller is smart enough to know that he's he needs to he needs to capitalize on that as much as possible just like last year when he brought victor Oladipo back for the purdue game for a pre-game ceremony to announce that he had made the all-star team so um and so that was um uh that was incredible and and you know he is he's on fire right now i mean obviously the, the political comments aside and and how he kind of dipped his toe into the political scene but but if, from a basketball perspective, he's still beloved, and just like last night on the big screen, they. The, the, I'm a Hoosier. I mean, Cody Zeller, Mark Cuban, I forget who else, but Victor had twice the ovation that any of those other guys had. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, he's a he is a dude of like real substance. I mean, uh, there's not a lot of players um, that can do the things he's going to do. I think for the city of Indy. Um, He is going to get into politics, and I mean, I know some people said, oh, you shouldn't get into it, but his comment was, I'm not going to be quiet, I'm going to support the things I believe Mm -hmm. in, and, you know, the one thing I think everybody kind of respects is he was a really smart, you know, really mature for his age. It just seemed like he had so many things together, and so whether or not people agree with him or disagree with him on his political stance, I think it's just cool to see a guy that's so engaged and so... Um, you know, kind of a real person. I, I it's going to be a big deal for the Pacers, and as Dan Dockage likes to say, he he was absolutely stolen from the yeah.
1: He was yeah. a steal, yeah. absolutely.
0: Okay, so we got about three more minutes. I think we're going to try to wrap up. So let's uh, cover any sort of uh, kind of uh, hodgepodge of things. So I'll just mention the soccer team is in the Big Ten tournament right now. They beat Northwestern uh, one no. 2-1 on a, a golden goal in overtime. Um, they look impressive. Uh, Northwestern was only in the game because of a super late shot with about 90 seconds to go. The guy had no angle. I mean, it was, it was an amazing shot, but uh, frankly, a total fluke. Um, I think it stunned everybody um, at, the, uh, at the match. Um, but thankfully, they, they pulled that out. They next play Maryland on the ninth um you know they won their Big Ten championship uh they're again looking like they're going to be you know playing for another championship uh NCAA championship it it's an amazing program
1: it really is uh year in and year out it's it's uh pretty awesome and and so yeah gosh when you think of the next three or four days uh it's pretty big for the Hoosiers because you've got uh obviously uh so 1 p.m. up at Grand Park in Westfield. Uh, The Hoosier soccer team plays Maryland in the Big Ten semifinal. And then uh, the IU Hoosier basketball team takes the court that night against the Bobcats from uh, Montana State.
0: The fact that you knew that they were the Bobcats. Eh, I had to do a little research off
1: the air. Uh, That's why we take commercial breaks. But, uh, so, yeah, Montana State, Bobcats roll into Assembly Hall uh, Friday night. And then then, uh, just – a few hours later the uh Hoosiers will take the field uh to take on Maryland in football so it's it's kind of one of those rare Friday night basketball Saturday uh Saturday day football games um like a noon kickoff against the Terrapins so yeah pretty exciting stuff i mean you you uh, the overlap is is pretty cool this time of year between it is. soccer and and basketball and football and um guys like Don Fisher are working double time right now trying to keep up with it all but that's why he's that's why he's the fish he's the legend
0: so um any uh, what we we're going to touch on the next four games what's the yeah what's so the we, basketball uh,
1: montana state and then uh the next two games are fairly intriguing you've got marquette coming to assembly hall at eight thirty on wednesday night for a primetime game that was um, a
0: late ad wasn't it didn't we add that just in the last uh th- six months or so
1: part of the gavit tip-off game yeah. so uh, and Marquette, they're they're kind of like us. They're on the periphery of being ranked in the top 25 in most polls. Uh, they've got a, a couple of really talented players. I think, uh, let's see, their coach is uh, from – is it Wojciechowski? Is that their coach from Duke? Uh, possibly. Uh, might have to look that up. We'll have our uh, uh, staff assistant work on that. But it's a, – it's a, I know they're coached by a, a Dukie. Um, and then – the next game is at arkansas again arkansas you're not talking about a tremendous basketball tradition uh but it's a true road game at arkansas which is a tough place to play so that's going to be those two games are intriguing because marquette is a higher profile game against a um a legitimate uh program uh but it's at home and then um tough road game true road game at arkansas so after the next three, and then you throw in UT-Arlington UT, Tar- UT Arlington after that. Uh, but let's just not really count that right now and say the next three are going to tell us quite a bit, I think.
0: Sure. Yeah, I think we'll start to get a feel for the starting lineup, um, what looks he really likes as far as uh, the personnel he'll have on the court and maybe a rotation. We probably won't know, really, until the, uh, we get down to brass tacks and we go to Duke.
1: Well, uh, and, and the thing is, you know, you've got uh, – Al Durham, Jerome Hunter, Race Thompson—they yeah. still haven't played. And so, you know, we're, that's that's the crazy thing about this depth thing is, man, it's it's a great problem to have. It's it's awesome in practice; the guys really push each other. But we're kind of trying, we're we're trying to find a rotation. But yet, there's three guys that are probably going to, you would think, factor in uh, pretty relevantly that haven't even played yet. So, and and we're missing
0: an opportunity in some ways, having these early games where you can afford to kind of make a lot of uh, substitutions early and get different looks because Jerome Hunter is expected to be really um, maybe a bit of a standout. I mean, he was ranked higher than uh, Jake Forrester, and um, I think he was ahead of – Fantasy. How he, fantasy was at the fringe of the top hundred just yeah. baffles me. And I, I know I'm basing it on two games, but I did get to watch some high school footage of him, including at least one game. I saw him a full game him play, and the kid is just uh, is going to be special. My, my guess
1: idea. is maybe his size. You know, he's yeah. a smaller player, but um, but yeah, Hunter was a top forty recruit. So that's the thing. I mean, and and that's why I go back to the Juwan, and, and you know he's. You know, last year though, it was a pretty set rotation. We didn't have a ton of depth, and Juwan was asked to do a lot and and um, had to had to produce, had to come through. And this year, I mean, he's going to be him and Romeo are going to have so many different players around them, so many different combinations. I mean, it's I think it's going to take a while for them to get settled in. I really do. Sure.
0: Well, it's a you know it's a, a great problem to have. I think for Archie Miller, uh, he will uh, I think sort it out. You can tell. I think when you watch him on the sidelines, that you can even tell he's totally trying to gauge how all those things fit together especially in these games where the outcome of the game is probably not in question so it's a lot about you know who's really playing well together and what's their kind of plus and minus scores at the end of the the uh, game when they kind of look at uh, lineups and who was in and, and what they've added um so we'll see so um we'll next time we get together we'll know a little bit more about where we are from a football standpoint if somehow we're on the verge of a boa eligibility, we'll know that um, miracles happen. That's right. Um, I and, think and we'll have a name. We may have a we name. We may have a name. We, wait a minute. we got to be wait. bowl eligible well, or, or be uh, the ranked team. See, we
1: need Marquette to slip into the rankings before we play him okay. somehow.
0: So there's that. So until then, so long, everybody. So long, everybody. <laughs>